New Year, New Us. It's Hotline League episode 60. We've been having some technical issues, but that doesn't matter because we've got a new aesthetic for the show. I believe that's what it's 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 aesthetic. Is that how? Either way. Yeah, a little too many S's in there. Oh, it's it's I'm super excited. Uh, we got Dash here. I We thought he was going to be joining us via a different webcam, but Mark threw several uh, curveballs, shall we say, at me at the start of the show. And so here we are. I am so excited to be back for you guys in 2019. Life is great. How's it going with you, Mark? Uh, it's uh, it's going good until this. I actually have, have been having a great January until right now. Okay, cool. This is the bottom of the month for me. Uh, webcam not working, jank ass setup, uh, audio's a little silly. Yeah. But well, I got my boy James here, so how down can I be? That's what This is what people expect out of the show, so I'm glad to be bringing it back to them in 2019. I uh, do want to give a quick shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We'll be talking more about them later on in the show because they had some cool announcements at CES. But shout out to Alienware for being our sponsor. Uh, this week and every week. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into it. Uh, so, Dash, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. Um, how was your break? Aside from the computer issues that I'm having at home, which is the reason I needed to do this show here. Yeah, well, maybe you should get an alienware. The point is, uh, how was your break? Uh, really solid. Got to go home, see the family uh, and whatnot. Um, otherwise, relax a little bit, play some games. Uh, tryharding in league again, gearing up for the new rank season and uh, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, otherwise just been back in the office this last week, going over roster moves and whatnot. Yeah, where uh, remind me where is home for you again? Uh, San Diego. Okay, that's what I thought because I knew you went to school in Los in uh, New York, but right. uh, you got to go back home to San Diego to see family during holidays, which is cool. Yes, absolutely, sunny San Diego. Yeah. Christmas celebration and everything. So, yeah, things are good, but I'm ready to kick off the new season. Well, uh, Mark, how about you? How was your break? It was pretty good. I, I went home for Christmas to Boston, but it wasn't that cold. It's like 50. So, I don't know. I've actually stayed pretty busy this, this off season with just like uh, work for offline TV. So, yeah. that's always what I want to do, stay busy. Well, it sounds like you did. What, wait, what were you doing for offline TV? Any new content you, coming? You'll find out. Okay. Just you wait and see. Well, By February, hopefully in the first full week of February, you'll see what we've been working on. And if not, then something went fucking wrong. Well, I have a big content uh, piece that I'll be announcing later on in the show uh, as well. So we can get back into that uh, later. But My content announcements are cooler. Well, I mean, you, you haven't even made one. You can't make one. My my pre uh my foreshadowing of my announcements are cooler than your announcements. Okay. Well I don't I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. Uh so everyone, it's twenty nineteen. Uh when we lasted the show it was probably like two or three weeks ago. it's been quite a, a bit. And have we done one this year? We've done not done one this year, but I'm saying like our last one I think was before Christmas. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. And we were thinking about doing one last week, but we realized like there was no big announcements or anything. This week it feels right because we can actually uh, start talking about predictions and that kind of thing. We're looking forward to hearing from the chat in just a second. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should get into before then. I've got some interviews hitting the YouTube channel right now that people have been seeing where I'm, I've been talking to the teams. 
Um, I I don't know. I think uh, what what are maybe some of the big stories that <clears throat> did your battery die, Mark? What? No, we got you again. Now we just lost your audio for. Oh, no, no, no! Your your camera's dead. The camera died. Yeah. Yeah, died. All right. Well, uh, while Mark is troubleshooting that, Dash, what are some of the big stories you're looking for in 2019? Um, big stories 2019. Uh, well, quite obviously, uh, you know, massive roster moves. Uh, Mark and I were kind of spitballing a little bit before setting up just on some of this stuff, but it's weird right now trying to think of my own like power rankings and stuff. I, sh- I feel like a lot of teams in my head I'm saying have, have that playoff potential. Yeah. Right. But it's like obviously no more than six teams can actually be playoff teams. But I'm having, I'm having a lot of trouble right now looking at the, the LCS rosters and actually kind of pinpointing a separation between a top six and a bottom four. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel you on that. It feels like it's going to be really crazy. I'm excited to see how stuff goes because I just feel like there's a ton of really competitive rosters this year. But then again, I always feel like we say that. And then uh, things end up happening and suddenly, you know, it's not it's not as competitive as we thought. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it, that's the other piece of the of it all. It's like everything you hear about scrims or through the grapevine and in reality, who knows how it's all going to manifest on stage or with another couple more weeks of practice. And so it, it gets tough to kind of determine what do I what what info do I take seriously that I'm you know hearing and what info do I kind of disregard uh, leading up to the season. Yeah, and I've heard that teams that were killing it in scrims at the end of December like now aren't doing as well, and uh, not all the teams are playing each other because obviously there's stuff happening, uh, or that some of them might be playing each other at the start of the season. Uh, so it's just it's kind of interesting to see how things are shaking out. Uh, speaking of how things are shaking out, how's it looking over there, Mark? Uh, I'm gonna have to rejoin the call. I think. Okay. Well, uh, we'll give you here. I'll. Yep. There it is. Well, he's still on Discord. Um, yep. Still here. Uh, I think you're gonna have to deal with that look for a little okay, bit. Okay, can you can you tilt it down a little bit so that we're Yeah. Okay. Great. That's fine. Uh we tried. We tried real hard. Um, I did my darndest. Oh my goodness. Quite frankly, this looks it's better than the bad. last <laughs> than than the other ones. So. It might be arguably more clear. Yeah. But oh I need to mute myself. Sorry. No, I like um, the echo effect. Great, that's fine. Um, so, okay, uh, maybe we should just get into some calls because we're running a little late, just a little. Um, yeah. Mark, do you, do you, do you want to, uh, return to the couch and explain how this works? Yeah, you can't say that flamingo for shit. No, no you can't at all. No, you cannot. Wow. Mark, you do you want to explain? how dark it is in here and how bright it looks. Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? I'm busy being stunned at how invisible this flamingo is in my room. Mark, I I it's really like I wanted to look at this guys. I was trying to to make it seem like 2019 was going to be a new year for us, so you know, just really like bring things to the next yeah, level. It's like a magic trick. <clears throat> Mark, would you like to explain? So the way the show works is uh, we have a Discord that we'll be pulling callers from. I'm spamming it right now in Twitch chat. So go ahead and uh, join up in the Discord. And when you get there, you're going to find a 
There is a Pleb Topics and Sub uh, Topics text channel. That's where you're going to go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. This episode is focused on the NALCS 2019 predictions. So whatever you think is going to happen, who's making the playoffs, who's not, which roster moves are going to blow up, whatever it is, put it in there. If we like your topic, you must be in Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channel as well. So I can pull you from there and put you into the waiting room, assuming I like your topic. And then once you're there sit around until we finally get to uh, your time and then I'll do a quick mic check with you in that room and then we'll get on to pulling you into the show. Very good. And uh, I do think that this is a fun episode to try to like really, you know, we want some hot takes. All right. It's the beginning of the year. Anything can happen. Uh, so let us know what you think is going to happen um, by letting, like by calling it. All right. This is, these are, Quite frankly, this I don't want anybody to go over the top for the sake of going over the top, but this is the episode where, like, at the end of 2019, somebody gets to be like, oh, first episode of the year, Mark's camera was having a bunch of technical issues, and I knew that, like, TSM would be ejected by, from the LCS by the end of it. So I, uh, we're, we're ready to go. Uh, Mark's got some, some folks lining up. And by the way, if you are a sub to the channel, first off, thank you. Uh, a lot of you disappeared during the long breaks. So I'm I'm trying to rebuild my sub empire. Uh, but secondly, you do get to put your topic in the subtopics channel, um, and and that gives you a little bit of an advantage because we also it moves a little slower and we, we pull people from there as well. So uh, feel free to uh, sync your Discord and make sure you get access to that. Uh, Mark, uh, are you ready, Travis? Yeah, it looks like we're ready to pull our first person. If you want to go ahead and do that. So first off, we've got Belilix joining the show. Belilix, where are you calling from? What's up? I'm from Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Welcome. We get a lot of Florida callers on the show. I feel like there's a lot of league fans in Florida. There's a lot of esports fans in Florida and not enough events down here. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we, we get some more soon. I mean, the Miami one happened last year, so it was not, not too long ago. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? All right, so I exaggerated my topic a little bit on there trying to get in, but um, damn, so, you clickbaited me. <laughs> um, so, but I do agree with what I said, just not in that extent. Um, I believe that he's not adapting to different metas, and he's sticking with what he knows. Sorry, who is not adapting? You cut out. Coach Prawley for hundred thieves. Oh, Prawley is not adapting enough. Okay, go ahead. So I got stats here. Okay. Spring split. Um, uh, the meta was based about eighty carries, right? And every time he played someday, seated because it was Cody Sun doing a lot of the work. Was around that the meta changes, and it's based about these top carries doing work. He still refused to put um Sunday on those carries. They started going down here. I don't think it was the changes. I think it was his decisions on keeping his same play style from spring. All right. So you. So what is your prediction like? It's you. You think he's going to die? Okay. So when I first saw the roster, I really wanted them to be first, right? Because I'm a huge 100 Thieves fan. But I think they'll stay at fourth place how they did in summer. Okay. So you think they'll they'll stay at fourth place? By the way, Mark, you're still echoing a little bit, especially with the caller. So maybe you can. Mute yourself when you guys aren't talking. But um Sure. Okay, so will Hundred Thieves stay at fourth place and will probably be the reason why they're held back. Uh I would say 
maybe their fourth place, but I wouldn't put it on Brawley most likely. I think he's had a little bit too much success over the course of like the last five years, making worlds multiple times, always like top four ranked. Say that like he's a legitimate problem on his own that will hold the whole team back. Right. I definitely agree with that. Just historically, there's enough evidence, I think, to say that um, he's clearly he clearly has some amount of value and as a singular piece in any you know uh, team machine, I don't think he would be necessarily the cause of complete failure. Um, and then secondarily, I think one of the interesting things is like, well, yes, I guess there was some like peculiar organizational moves like through summer, right? With all you know, with how many players, with, with how, yeah, with how the players ended up in different positions and whatnot. At the same time, that was one of the few teams that, like, during the funnel meta actually did go for it. And so, like, from a coaching perspective and picked up wins in that, like, yeah. whether or not the players were, you know, in the environment they needed to be in or suited the team, that's a whole nother discussion. But, like, from I feel like that strategy and that willingness to try a new strategy um, speaks to his ability as a coach and that, like, as metas changed, his willingness to try and adapt. And I usually attribute that to a successful coach. Now I agree. They might not finish higher than fourth. It's very hard to tell. There is some top talent and like that top four can be kind of hard to delineate, at least in terms of a preseason power ranking, but I wouldn't even necessarily call a top four finish like a, fa a failure, especially in spring uh, summer. Obviously they want to finish top three and have an opportunity at worlds and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to say that I don't think Crawley has like a style either. Like I definitely think he has a way that he likes the game to be played, but I don't think that it's like something where he's so set on it that he won't try to funnel out or whatever. And I, I think, you know, even if you think there's better coaches out there or something, like I don't think like compared to how tragic some coaching staffs are, like I think Crawley is still by far one of the best. Yeah. I uh, I mean I uh, I don't know if it it feels difficult for me to say that it's going to end up being Crawley that holds them back. I feel like if anything, it's just like the increased competitiveness of the of the league. And quite frankly, like I don't know how much stronger their team got. Um, I do we think I, Mark? I'm curious about your take. How much stronger of a player is Huhi over Ryu? Well, I don't think they're actually that different. I think. I think Huhi's probably a little bit more feast or famine. Like sometimes he plays assassins and he roams all mm. over the map and like takes the game over and has like the Aurelian Soul type games where he's like fifteen and zero. And then sometimes he has like complete duds. Whereas I think Ryu had like I play Talia, I play Lissandra, I play, like maybe like LeBlanc was his splashiest champion, but other than that, I think he was more of like a standard player. Right. Uh, the only like maybe slight disagreement I'd have with that is. I actually would probably consider who he to be the slightly more consistent of the two, but that's because of the types of champions um, that he, like he can play Orion. Like you yeah, put him on Orion or you can put him on Aurelian soul and just let him roam and kind of go even and whatnot um, versus Ryu, who I feel like needs to, or wants to be on a LeBlanc or wants to be on something like that. Yeah. Now on the other hand, we do have Bang and that's right. That's what I was going to say is like, it's hard to look at this move in isolation because like, Hugi and Afra move have existing synergy for CLG. This should be good. But then right. it's like you also have Bang, who's never played in North America. 
it might not adapt to the culture well or Afro and Lane or whatever yeah. it is. That said, if he follow like if he if Afro and Ben can kind of adhere to what has become known through history as the Korean bot lane style of like either lose gracefully, or just not die, absorb four v two pressure, that kind of thing. It could unlock on the to do a lot of work with someday on the opposite side of the map and have the insurance of bang in mid to late game team fights while who he just plays Orion. The weird thing is, is that like as great as someday is and everyone knows he's a beast, it feels like teams consistently struggle to play around him in North America. Like it didn't happen on Dignitas, didn't happen with Hundred Thieves last year. Like I think in general, North American teams struggle with playing around top laners. That's something that's been made evident throughout international competition. Like NA, NA Jace is very much a meme for a reason, right? When, when it comes to playing around top laners as your win condition, we simply don't have a figure. Yeah. Which doesn't help when someday it's your best player. <laughs> I guess in that sense, it's less of a hundred thieves specific criticism, but like that doesn't mean it's also not going to happen again. We're like, Oh my God, somebody just like 1v9 to Jack's game and like two weeks later. It's like, okay, he's not playing Jack's game. Well, taking a step back to the big question, which is probably, I think one thing that is a little underrated um, is that I, I do think that they will get some additional support, even though I know she's on the academy side, specifically from Kelsey Moser, who came in as a coach. Uh, Kelsey, friend of the show, um, is is now there, over there. And she, she uh, I, I'm hopeful that she's able to kind of help them out. I did an interview with her earlier in the week, which will be going up on the channel. And she was talking about how she is going to be focused more on the Academy roster, but for any kind of like major, like when the Academy stuff ends, if there is like the LCS team is progressing forward, we will see her, you know, help out on that side. So it's additional support there. And Ryu also moving in as a coach, uh, I guess was the announcement as well. So it'll be interesting to sort of see, it does seem like their support staff have has expanded so even in a world where you worry about Prolly's ability to like keep up with all this stuff, perhaps it'll be easier for him as he's got additional support coming in. Yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, it looked like Prolly had a pretty strong influence over that team based off the Hundred Thieves episodes, right? So I mean, I think I think he's a fine coach. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Belial, do you have any additional thoughts here? Oh, that was that. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about him. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, any any goodbye messages as we move on to the next caller? Well, thank you for having me. That would be it. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, dude. Thanks. All right. Are we doing a plug? Or are we gonna we, wait? we can do another uh, call. Uh, all right, really quickly while he's over there, just giving some shout outs to some folks who uh, su uh, subscribed earlier in the show. Uh, pulling it up now. Okay. Where were we? Uh, Dazzling at Night, Alpha Fox 11, Omega Diamond Zinc, and then 10 subs from XX Acra. Thank you. And Solanity. Solanity. Thank you for the uh, five months. All right. We got the star question mark question mark in on the show. The star, why are you questioning yourself? Uh, Because I'm, uh, I'm pretty bad at League. You're pretty bad at League. Oh, so you're like, it's like the star? That's how you read your name? Yeah. Okay. Where are you calling from? Rumor, Pennsylvania. Okay, Pennsylvania. You don't sound happy about it. It's like 20 minutes out of Philadelphia. Okay, well, you don't sound happy about that Dude, either. There, there's worse parts of Pennsylvania than 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. My, my family's, some of my family's from Pennsylvania. I've been there plenty. It's not the worst place to live, but it's also not, nothing exciting happens here. Yeah. Well, hopefully something is exciting happen, is, is happening that is exciting tonight. 
Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about how Golden Guardians will make playoffs and will make at least semis. Semis. Okay, you're saying semi for is the spring split? They're going to make semis at spring? Spring and summer. Okay, okay, so they're top four both splits. All right, take me through it. Golden Guardians last year, for both the splits, well, except for summer, spring. Spring, they had a terrible start. It was a terrible start. It was their first split. They got nervous. It's whatever. But summer, it started off great. They went, let me, let me check again. I think it was, what? They went, I think, yeah, they, they were, they were top three in, no, they were, they were competing for the top of the half of the bracket the entire time for summer, and then they just threw. They threw their entire lead, and they, it was a mental boom. The players were really Yeah, they were number one. They were up there. They were competing for number one, and then they had a complete mental boom, boom in the middle of the season. It was mainly because the team was, the team wasn't ready to work well together. They were a new team, it was the first play. I didn't expect much out of them. But coming in, this team, they have Hanser, Contracts, Froggen, Deathly, and Ole. I think with this team, they could possibly, it, they could possibly beat anyone in semis in a best of three. I think every player that was replaced, except for maybe the support, was an improvement. So I think that from that sense, I can take into account that they should improve this season and they should make playoffs. And seeing how the top six and top four this season is go- going to be a close race, I think they have a good chance of making sense. Yeah. Sorry, I know my mic got muted for the last bit. Calm down, everybody. Um, so, you okay, you think they have a good chance of of making semis just because it was upgrades kind of and those other shit. Uh, okay sorry about that i somehow ended up on pushy talk what i was gonna say is like i don't think there's a question that they'll be improved from uh you know last year i think like the caller said basically every pickup was an improvement across the board Uh, yeah i I would yeah i think that's i agree with that what i i don't think it's that useful to actually use last year as any sort of metric because one like this of the roster. And two, they got all those wins in the early season off the fact that they were playing Heimerdinger and Talon. Like, they were abusing a lot of the broke strategy, and they only won on blue side. They, they only won when you couldn't ban out Heimer, Talon, like, all the things that they were using. So, like, I don't, like, as soon as that stuff got banned or nerfed, changed, meta facts like more standard, they instantly fell apart. I don't actually think they're that good. And I think uh, all that doesn't matter for. I 100% agree that they are they're improved. This is improved roster, better roster. I expect them to perform better. Struggle to get to fourth place. That's probably where I take issue. And I, this was one of the teams that Mark and I were talking about before we got on air. I brought it up and I was like, "There's a piece of me that looks at the roster: Hanser, Contracts, Frog, and Definitely Olay." And in my head, when I just think about those five players, I say, that's that's a top six capable NALCS team. But then when I think about all the remaining rosters, that's where I struggle even harder with like, okay, well then what are the four teams that are worse than them? And I don't know if I can put four teams together that are worse than them 
at least without having any games of evidence to look at. And so I could definitely make a case for them, you know, showing up in the playoffs, being sixth, but I, I would struggle to put them as high as fourth. I also think they're a team that like, uh, you know, I, I think four third is like their their limit of like where they're gonna do well. Like their ceiling. I, yeah, I could see them like making it to semis, losing, and then like maybe even their fourth this match. But that's like the limit, and I I don't think they have too much more than that. Right. I just I just struggle to see how this team super works well together. Like I don't think they're in in any apparent clear strategies that they want to use. Like a lot of their players are pretty greedy, and like definitely is is pretty good about not being played around. But right. all their wins in the spring split came when they played through them. So, like, right. Ponser can be a top three top laner. Yep. Right. Frogging can be a top, can be a top three mid laner. Uh, definitely, in all honesty, could be a top four ADC. Like, if his, if his trajectory continues to go up from his rookie season, I think sure. he could be a top four. And I think Ole is a top four support. And then Contracts is a top four jungler. So, right. by, by that player ranking kind of mentality, that's where I can see, as Mark said, a case for, Fourth, maybe even third. Can, but there's can a narrow no be a top four and coach? no specific synergy on that roster that tells me they're a championship competition like worthy. They're not going to be beating Team Liquid or challenging Team Liquid for a trophy. And who who's their coaching staff this year? An arrow. They have a narrow. Oh, hello. Can you guys hear me? Kind of had made that swap, you know, but like unofficially, right? Yeah, like he was yeah. like, "I'm with the team, but I'm not the official." So he's he's had a little bit of time to work with them. And if you have faith in him as a coach, I think that's where, again, you can maybe afford to give him another spot on the ladder or whatever. But I just don't – I don't see first or second. I even struggle with third or fourth. Sorry we ignored you, Travis. Yeah, I, I just thought – I was like, are we having more technical issues or are they just being – No, good? no, no. Like, you're just quiet compared to the level that James and I have to talk at okay, on okay. the microphone. That's fair. Yes, an arrow. That's what I was trying to get at, but then Dash brought it up. So, uh, good. Good. Uh, okay, so it sounds like we're in agreement with the caller that with the star that Golden Guardians could get fourth, but how confident are we that that's going to happen? Well, if I'm not mistaken, the caller, uh, the star, you were saying they're guaranteed top four as like the low end of their ceiling, whereas we were projecting that as the high end. What, where, where, what do you think their range is? I think personally that fourth and third are both the low end and their high end of the ceiling. Because they're not going to beat TL in the best of five. And if they get lucky, they'll be able to beat C9. But so like, you're saying minimum they get fourth and maximum they get third? That's a very narrow window for them to Well, because I, I think that they're better coming in than, I don't know, I don't know maybe CLG and uh, maybe they're at the same level as TSM right Okay. But I don't think that I'm confident enough to put them above 100 Thieves or um, TO. And C9, it's a 50-50. Nisky, I haven't seen them off. I, I like that you're saying, like, TSM fans right now are losing their mind at the fact that you're you're saying Golden Guardians is probably as good as TSM. Honestly, all of my friends are TSM fans, and I see why they're upset about it, but TSM just... I don't think TSM has improved that much to be competing for the finals. Okay. Personally, I love this three-four prediction. I love how narrow that is. That's how you get a highlight at the <laughs> end of, at the end of the split or the the season. Um, someone goes back and clips the. It's like yeah, they'll end up being one game away from third place or something. You're going to be uh, the all-star of the episode, but 
yeah, I definitely, I think Mark and I aligned that like, I think four is the absolute highest they could place. That's with a lot of things going right. I think more likely um, they're somewhere between sixth and eighth. I I feel like they could get sixth or fifth. Yeah. The, okay. the, the crazy thing is, like, I want to say that they're the team with the highest, like, variance, but then Clutch exists. Where, oh, so, God, Clutch is like a wild... Yeah, yeah. And, but I feel like Golden Guardians is, being, is pretty close to it. That's why I love the idea that the star narrated them into either third or fourth, because for in my opinion, all those players could play garbage. Like, we've seen really bad games out of almost all of them. Um, and and you could imagine a world where, like, Ole starts tilting and Hauntzer's screaming at them and Froggen's like, do I even want to keep playing anymore? And, like, <laughs> it just, like, the whole team collapses, you know? I, I feel like Clutch would be this kind of variance for, like, game to game, they'll be, like, radically... Like the Echo Fox of last year? Yeah, like kind of like Echo Fox last year. One game, they look like the greatest in the world, and one game, terrible. Whereas, like, I think Golden Guardian's variance is also high over the... But, like, whatever they settle into is what they're going to be more... So, like... Yeah, you're kind of cutting it in and out, by the way, Mark. Yeah, I'm putting it more in the middle, hopefully. Okay. Better? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you only said one word, so it's hard to tell. Uh, so I was just saying, like, I think, I think Golden Guardians, like, it's hard to predict how they'll end up because in, in a lot of ways, they're kind of like the island of misfit toys where, like, Monster gets left from Sam, Ole gets left from DL, Froggen was out of the league last year. Like, it's a lot of new players who are, like, eager to prove themselves, but, like, you don't know if that can. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Hey, the star, do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to say before we head out? All I want to say is the... GGS is looking so much better than they were last year, and I'm so excited for the start of the. Very good. Well, I'm go- I'm sure they'll be excited to hear there were people cheering them on. So, I, I think so. Thanks a lot, man. I'm really excited to see how they do as well. Thanks for having me. Bob. Have a good one. Thanks, dude. Thanks. I do think GGS is one of like the fun stories of the off season. Like, I actually think um, they're one of the most interesting narratives going in uh, this year because I think last year they had a lot of players that were kind of uh, like the Island of Misfit Toys, but like they didn't really have players that were ever became super popular, but with Hanser and Frog, and you've got like these players that have like accomplished crazy shit over the years. Ole. Dude, let's, let's be honest. Golden Guardians last year was like budget. Oh, like, like they, they didn't have any star power. That's what I'm saying is that this year they actually like, it's, it's the same situation as last year, but with actual star power. Right. right, they they left so much to be desired last year, but I, I really I I agree with the caller. I think one of the most improved, like on paper, just by virtue of like the one to one upgrade in each position of of players. What? Sorry, what's that last bit? Dash, you kind of cut out. Oh, I just said in terms of like the one to one upgrade in each position for player skill. I do yeah. agree that this is actually one of the more improved teams. From all of the the offseason process, it it does feel like GGS is leaving the tenth place open. You know, they're like, all yeah, right, we're done yeah. here. Who's gonna take it now? Uh, it'll be interesting. So, okay, uh, you guys can um, you can mute yourselves now because I'm gonna talk about our sponsor, uh, our sponsor who has been incredible. Actually, they've had so much news coming out uh, in the past couple of weeks. Alienware has. If you missed it. As I'm sure some people uh, listening to the VOD or the podcast or watching live have, they've actually announced that they're sponsoring all of uh, LCS and LEC this coming year, as well as the global events. 
So now not only does Alienware, they sponsor me, they sponsor Team Liquid and Misfits, they also sponsor uh, League of Legends uh, esports events, which is incredible and really shows their commitment to the space, right? Because if you wa- if they wanted to, they could just like, all right, cool, we've we've sponsored enough, you know. But then they like double down on their commitment uh, to the sport, which is incredible. So I really feel like Alienware is coming in and just really owning and committing to League of Legends. Uh, if you haven't seen my interview yet, uh, I did do an interview. Obviously, you know, conflict of interest, so feel free to find some other news coverage as well. But I did an interview with the head of partnerships at Riot um, on the esports side, as well as uh, the guy who runs their esports division, a guy named Brian. And literally at the end of the interview, he just says, "Like I, I play League. We, we play League of Legends. I play League of Legends. I'm silver, uh, so I'm garbage." But we actually give a shit about this stuff. And that, I think, really resonated with a lot of people that were watching online because it's uh, – it's it, or watching the VOD uh, from that, that interview because it's, like, really cool to see that they're committed. Um, they also announced a bunch of really cool stuff at CES. You can go check that out. I just put up a video up on my channel of that as well, uh, including their new Area 51M, which is a upgradable laptop. You upgrade – basically everything in it, including the graphics card and the CPU, if you want. It's a real desktop replacement. They teased a OLED 55-inch monitor. Um, I don't know if I'm going to try to get that in this room whenever it comes out, but uh, it's it looks really cool. Uh, they upgraded a bunch of their other uh, setting, uh, systems, including the uh, MX, uh, or the uh, Alienware, the, why am I forgetting the name of it? Alienware 15, um, M- M15, there we go. Um, that uh, Broad and I use on all of our stuff. Um, so it's really just cool to see all the, the crazy stuff they came out with at CS. The announcement of that, uh, they with Team Liquid announced the uh, European training facility. So now there's going to be a second Team Liquid training facility that they're underwriting. It's pretty rad to see uh, this stuff. Reginald's in the chat. He's saying Alienware right now. Uh, so he's excited. It's great. He's just saying Alienware training facility. It's pretty rad. Uh, to see even he's enthusiastic about it. So anyway, uh, he says it's a, it's like a tr- tiny little office, which I don't think is true. I think it's actually really impressive. They've got a studio over there, uh, but we'll have to see how Reggie is able. Oh, he says it's dope. There we go. He was just joking. We'll have to see what TSM's facility looks like. But either way, thanks so much to Alienware for their commitment to me, to Lee Legends, uh, to esports in general. Go check out their new stuff. Uh, Dell.com slash Travis. There's a link in the description or in the the description of this video if you're watching on youtube people will put it in the chat as well uh and there we go hi reggie how are you hope your off season has been good uh hope you've been enjoying yourself uh but we're back you're muted dash still unless you're talking to mark they're coming back they're gonna unmute any second there we're, we we're intentionally we're intentionally muted dude okay well we were just like- seeing if we could make the audio grace a little bit better while you I think if you lower the gate and then just mute yourself and other people are talking, it's probably a good idea. So Okay. Yeah, we can do that, man. That was extreme. Um, all right. Well, shall we hop in and get the next caller? Reginald yeah, says, I, I want an Alienware that. training facility. See? Well, Reggie, I know some people over at Alienware. If you'd like to discuss a sponsorship with them, you can. I can make the business connection. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, Reggie says donate to Travis. Thank you, Reggie, uh, for the support. Looking forward to seeing TSM this year, uh, and Reggie back at the LCS again. Uh, I don't think Reggie wants to call in. How do I call in? Join the Discord, Reggie. If you join the Discord, you can call in. Uh, we'll put it in chat. You can be one of our next callers. 
Uh, Mark is grabbing our next caller right now. Maybe we'll follow up that caller with Reginald uh, as he figures out how to get into the Discord. Um, and I, I will see what he wants to talk about if he if he does end up in there. Okay. Space Pope 20K is on the show. Space Pope 20K, where are you calling from? Where are you calling from, Space Pope 20K? I am calling from Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. You've been on the show before. I have indeed. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So, uh, I know that we have Reginald in the chat, and uh, I'm sorry, Reggie, but uh, I'm here to roast DSM because they are uh, not making the playoffs this year. This is not, we're going to playoffs and we're bustering out in you know, the first round. Like, they're not getting in whatsoever. Can you get a little closer to your mic? I turned you up, but you're still a little quiet. Yeah, my, my headset is a little worn out. Uh, okay. I've already got myself set up. To Reginald's response so was, fuck you. Uh, that was what he wrote in chat, so... <laughs> Um, uh, I guess you're sports. Let's go. You're off to a rough start with them. Okay. So why is TSM not making playoffs this year? All right. So, um, so with TSM, um, let's just start top to bottom. And with top, uh, you have broken blade. Uh, I don't think broken blade is a terrible player and I'm not sitting here roasting his career. However, this is not going to be C9 Jack pulling licorice out of thin air. Uh, Broken Blade is a proven commodity, and Broken Blade is already very close to, um, in my opinion, the ceiling of his career. He's been playing in a region with little to no competition, and I don't see him having the same level of performance against players like Sunday, Licorice, Hanser, and Hootie, and so on. Can't you make the argument then that like, if he's been playing in a region where he hasn't had real competition, we haven't seen the best out of him yet? I, I think we have seen the best of Broken Blade. Okay. All right. So continue. Little, or is it just is that is that all it? It's it's Broken Blade. That's the reason they're not making playoffs. No. Uh, uh, we could go further and statistically, uh, and I could be a little wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure I looked this up uh, beforehand. Um, Grig uh, dealt the least damage of any jungler that played the same number of games as him. Yeah, Grig's not uh, pl- starting though. I, I saw that press release. That was a pretty interesting move. Uh, if he is injured, I do hope he gets better. I'm not here to, like, spite these people as humans. They are human beings. I understand that. But, like, we're talking just athletic performance. Okay. Um, I don't think Acadian is a fit for TSM in the same way that Dardoch would not be a fit for TSM. Uh, Acadian, to me, is Diet Svensgaren, and Svensgaren has already moved on to greener pastures with his champion pool, such as, like, Graves and the Leeson and things like that. Okay, let's uh, let's pause really quickly uh, before we progress, and I want to hear from Mark and Dash. It is is Acadian diet since Svenskaren, which is an interesting way of describing him. I can kind of see what Spacer was saying in terms of some of the champ pool similarities when you say things like the the Graves and the Lee Sin, but I don't think I think that's that's mostly where their similarities stop. I think uh, I think Acadian's a little bit more aggressive in terms of like trying to find first bloods in the early game and things like that. And I think Acadian feels a little bit more lane focused. Sven feels a little bit more jungle control focused. Like Sven does Sven still likes to fight, but like we used to all the time talk about how part of Sven's lack of success on TSM was that he was going for invades that couldn't be supported by the team and he would die. But like he wants to pressure the other jungler, get in their face, but he can build his advantage through stealing camps. I definitely see Acadian as like I want to play something that can get into lanes early, get my laners advantages, and snowball from there. Yeah, I think 
one of the things for me is like Ben feels a lot of times like a product of the team that he's in in terms of like how good he looks or bad. Like when TSM struggled in 2016 spring, everyone thought Sven sucked. He had like the most deaths in the league combined with Yellow Star. Like both of them were like one, two in the league in deaths. Right. And then like 2016 summer hits and he's like a fucking god, like diving bot lane over and over with Bjergsen. And like I think the same thing happened to him towards the end of ten, uh, tenure in, in TSM when they became super passive. He was trying to jumpstart stuff and like. It just didn't look good. Whereas, like, I don't think Acadian is quite like. I think he kind of reacts to what his team is doing a little bit more, for better or worse. Where, like, if his team doesn't have pressure and he's scared to go in, like, I think Ben will go in and still fucking kill himself. Whereas, like, Acadian will be like, "Oh man, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I have no pressure." I think he like he he plays to his team better, for better or worse. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and then I think the point on Broken Blade is. It's an it's a curious one. I mean, like I can definitely see defending it, right? But that's more just like, uh, I guess from where I stand, that's like, do I have an optimistic outlook or a pessimistic outlook on this guy's future? Because I, I don't know. As Travis pointed out, like in a world where you assume he's moving into a league like the NALCS, having better competition, there's the potential that that competition pushes him to grow and he becomes even better. There's also the potential for that competition to just completely smother him, right? And for him to not step up to the plate. And so I can see an argument both ways for Broken Blade. Um, but I don't think that the success of TSM necessarily hinges on that individual player. Right. And I think the idea, like, you can say, oh, he was standing out in a weaker region. And that's why he looked good. And he's going to come here and get smacked down by Sunday and stuff. But, like... I also think like the idea of a ceiling on an 18 year old is a little crazy. Right. Like, like, uh, very few people have peaked at 18. I can't think of a single player off the top of my head who was like, Oh yeah, he was at his best at 18. And it was all downhill from then. Like, uh, my, just a quick, uh, quip to like players who peaked early and went nowhere was uh mandatory cloud who like absolutely destroyed people for a hot minute and then disappeared. Yeah. But he was, he wasn't like 18. It wasn't like an age really like he did have a short he did have a short window of dominance as a I mean, player. So like I understand that, but I and I don't remember his exact age. I wanna say he was more twenty, twenty-one. Yeah, I mean but, same same with like Link or, or not Link, excuse me, uh Gigi. Gigi was like was the mm. god and like Hotshot Gigi was the god of like season one. Like players peak and valley at different times. But, like, as long as someone's, like, super dedicated to the game, and, like, this dude's coming up in the same era. It's not like we're talking about season one to season three when it was, like, we're all playing in our PJs versus, right. like, we're in team right. houses and stuff. So, like, I think, I, I, I think, like, all those guys that peaked at that time, too, like, there were other life circumstances going on, and they were not even as young as he is now. Getting Re back Reginald might have peaked search. at 18, by the way. I suppose Re Reginald might have peaked at 18. <laughs> Like the assertion, because I do think it's interesting. Like the assertion was that TSM would not make top six, right? Correct. Okay. I I don't necessarily think that Broken Blade, like old TSM, take out haunts or put in Broken Blade, that doesn't make them bottom four for me. So then I'm looking at the other changes they made, which is now Acadian's in for Greg due to wrist issues, and then I'm looking at Smoothie at over Mithy. Do you? really feel like in my mind I have higher hopes for Sven Smoothie Lane than Sven Mithy Lane of twenty eighteen. So to me that's an upgrade. So I'm still trying to figure out where the 
the overall drops out of six comes from. So uh, my opinion here uh, is that, uh, sure, admittedly, I think it's pretty unanimous. Mithy had what appeared to be, like, probably the worst, like, year in his, like, for, like high-stakes League of Legends career, right? Uh, I can't say for certain because I didn't watch his, like, uh, rookie year, you know what I mean, before he made it with uh, Sven when Sven was named Niels or whatever. Because um, I was not always on top of EULCS. Um, but to Ooh, me, it looked as though... <laughs> To me, it looked like Mithy had uh, uh, like the worst year of his career, and I think that um, you know I don't know the inner workings. I don't know what was going on at the team house. You hear things like Mithy's, you know, hyper focused on basically teaching Greg how to jungle and play the game, and it's like detracting from his ability. And I can see people getting frustrated, like, "Hey, we just want to work on these things, and you have to take so many steps back and like help somebody like drag them along with you and things." So who knows what caused that problem? Um, I, I think Sven. Uh, definitely is mechanically the stronger half of that duo. Um, always has been. And I think that Smoothie is the right kind of support to pair with Sven. So I don't think that this is a terrible decision. However, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be an upgrade or a downgrade. Like, if Mithy were to play again this year, I don't think Mithy would have looked like he did in the previous year, you know? Uh, I think the biggest upgrade that Smoothie can offer um, is his ability to detract shot calling duties away from Bjergsen so Bjergsen can focus more on what he wants to do and allow him to feel more comfortable on mechanically intensive champions uh, and less like uh, kind of slow paced methodical control champions. Um, so maybe there's an upgrade there. It's interesting um, because there's like a volatile variable in that uh, Sven and Mithy have played together for so long. What will this duo look like? Uh, the potential is there, uh, but there are a lot of question marks for me. Um, I think that overall, to me, if I compared TSM's roster last year and then giving them another run this year, like let's just say that roster stayed the same, um, I do think Mithy would have improved. And I think overall this current roster is even or worse than the previous roster. Um, but which would... So where I got to hop in here is like, I don't think the problem with the previous roster was like player skill related at all. I think that they dragged themselves to a fourth place summer finish and uh, gauntlet finish, excuse me, uh, through pure skill and not like having an inherent synergy. Like that team never looked like it gelled ever. Correct. And so, like, that's what makes it weird to talk about all these roster moves because you're not Golden Guardians, 10th place team looking to upgrade players with just anyone better. You're like, how do we fix the synergy problems that the team had last year and like why we didn't function well? And so that's why I don't look at Monster vs. Broken Blade like who's a better player or like Mithy or, or Smoothie because so many of TSM's problems were not skill related for me. Yeah, and that's why I want to jump in and say, bring up the one thing, one piece of the puzzle we haven't talked about actually, which is Zig. Yeah, that's, like that's, that, that's an acquisition yeah, we haven't talked about when it comes to TSM. And and again, I think this comes down to your opinion of him as a coach. And, and, and to Mark's point, if if TSM has more to be gained from how we operate as a team, how we look at the game of League of Legends and choose to play it, de define and develop our strategies and overall improve as a team, like Zix could very much be a boon to that if he's the right fit for these for these guys. Because I don't see from a pure player standpoint, from a pure roster standpoint, um, how this team 
is any worse than their last year's roster. Um, I, I think you can argue that Broken Blade is a downgrade from Hauntzer only because of that uncertainty, that point of uncertainty for, well, he was dominant in a region that is considered worse than ours. Okay, so we call that a downgrade, but I think the bot lane, in my opinion, is a pure upgrade, assuming some points of synergy. And then I'm very curious to see how Acadian works out for this team. Like, I think he has the potential to be a very strong jungler. It's just, does he become the TSM jungler of of history, right? Or does he, or does he become TSM Acadian, right? Like, does he still get to have his identity of being Acadian as a jungler within the TSM organization? Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Because we have stretched the conversation a lot, along a lot, Space Pope, but I appreciate you giving me the TSM topic for the week because uh, it's always yeah, good absolutely. to get one of those in. Our absolutely. viewership needs it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I do want to say is that uh, just for the sake of things, um, I think the bottom half of the LCS in terms of rosters is uh, there's so many variables. You could have teams that could very clearly be a fifth-place team, end up an eighth-place team just through a matter of inches in a few split-second decisions, or a Baron stolen and so on. Um, if I may, my prediction for the top six this year, um, and I can, I can defend any of the teams if you'd like, as to why they're going to beat out TSM in the top six. I I think I just said we have limited time, but if you want to give like a brief, you can list them. Yeah, list them. Yeah, I'll just I'll list the teams. I'll list the teams. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think first and second, Team Liquid Hundred Thieves. Um, their rosters are absolutely terrifying. Um, I think third and fourth, uh, is going to be down to the gauntlet. Uh, Golden Guardians and Cloud Nine fighting it out for the world slot. Um, I think CLG is going to inch their way into sixth place. And I know I've skipped fifth year. CLG is going to inch their way into sixth place. And I think Clutch in spring is going to actually finish in fifth place. But I don't know what their summer performance will look like. Okay, who who gets it in summer if not Clutch? Um, if not Clutch, uh, it's pretty open. And it could be, I think, anybody but Echo Fox, which appears to be the 10th place team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Space Phil. I really appreciate it. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, man. You guys have a good night, and uh, Player 3, whenever you want to join, come on in. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, dude. Thanks. <laughs> Alright, so we had Reginald in the waiting room, but then he disconnected from Discord, so uh, I still see him in the chat, uh, or it's, it says he's in the chat, though he stopped talking. I don't know if you got... Oh, man. Did he get did he get scared? I don't, I don't know what happened, happened um, but we would have loved to have him on the show. If uh... I've never seen Steve get scared to be on the show. Have you, Travis? <laughs> Maybe you know he's a busy guy. He's a busy. Maybe he was like listening to the call and he's like, "Oh shit, he's right!" And he ran off to make a roster change. He's like looking to to change things up last minute. Uh, we don't see him. So uh, Raz Raz wants to come on the show. I don't know what Raz wants to talk about, but with with the Reggie thing, it's a, it's an easy thing to have him on right after TSM uh, call. So if Raz wants to message Mark or whatever. And I mean, out. as long as Raz has a point he's willing to make, I'm, I'm down to pull him on. Get Raz in here. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, right, I see him in the thing, so I'll, I'll just pull him right in here. We don't need to check. Wait, his no, mic. no, check, check his mic. He's muted. It's go, totally fine. Go check, go check his mic. Yeah. Go. I'm sending. I sent Mark in there. Okay. Um, uh, we're gonna figure stuff out here. I am going to read off some more subs uh, while we wait for that to get figured out. Yeah, his his mic's fine. Okay, Raz, what's up? Is my mic fine. 
Yeah. Am I? Am I? Oh, snap! Let's go! Okay. What's funny is Discord shows me that you're still muted, but you're like... Yeah, I see that too. What the hell? He's like... I'm completely confused. He's breaking through the mute in order to talk. It's actually really impressive. The thing is, he is muted. You just hear him from across the world in China. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Are you in... See, my producer is also that pissed off whenever I'm that loud. Where (laughs) Where are you calling from? I'm calling him from Shanghai, China. Okay. Uh, Well, did you have a take on anything? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful that I'm just coming in uh, after the last guy. Okay. And maybe I will introduce him afterwards. It's going to be a small bit today. I don't have much time. But TSM is going to be the best team in spring. Whoa, number they're one. getting number one? Number one. Okay. Easy. Wow. What? Easy. Okay, are they finishing number Easy. one and also winning spring finals? Oh, okay, I'm not going that far. I'm okay, not, well, what, so what, they're finishing I'm not going to say one? best of five strong. I'm saying literally... Just best of one regular season, they'll okay. finish first place. Okay. All right. Why? So why? All right. All right. So immediately, I'm just going to rebuttal to the last guy because it makes it, it makes the show flow in a little bit easier, man. It makes it seem like a storybook. So he just talks smack about Broken Blade, saying that he was playing in a non-competitive region. That may be fair if you're just putting him in that bubble. If you're not talking about the fact that he has five challenger accounts, the amount of challenger accounts he has in solo queue. If you're not talking about the custom games that you saw in offseason that he was playing with European professional players consistently. The, like, the ability for him, like the ability for him to communicate. He actually was incredibly strong in terms of his communication. Talking to his former teammates, he makes it so much easier to play the game just based off of his laning phase alone. It was an easy pickup for him to go on TSM. And honestly, just from like comparing like what I see in Broken Blade to what I saw on stage for just Hanser in the past two years, I think this is just a clear level up. Now, obviously, it just comes down to like, can Broken Blade literally hone up to the pressure if nerves can get to him? Because he's a rookie player on, on the stage. That's like the real um, criticism, or at least just a worry. Like, so it can all go downhill. At this point, we can't really make an definitive statement like that because of what we saw from Mithy last year. But Broken Blade, just based on paper, is an upgrade. And I think if we're just talking about between Grig and Acadian, I don't see in terms like I don't see a real difference that will change how this team plays in terms of like the skill level. I think Acadian is like I, I think the whole idea of them being a young player is onto the win because I think this is his third year, right? So for him to be playing consistently, I think he's already headstrong. Both Broken Blade and Acadian going on to TSM, they will not change based off of the environment. So those are like two things that I'm going to say about the two like new additions. Smoothie, when he was on Cloud9, used to be the best support in North America. And then he's been making his rounds, but he's been motivated. So like, what the hell happened? Why has the narrative changed? Like, what do people, like, what does the audience see? That somehow saying like that smoothie is gonna bring this team down. So like immediately the three players that are in new additions for TSM should be marked upgrades. And then I haven't even talked about the fact that this team somehow stole Zix from T- like Cloud uh, CLG. Somehow CLG well, made the decision. Him. I think I know, they I found know. him out on the street. So, so I think the only, my my biggest concern for TSM. I agree. I have I always take the more optimistic kind of outlook on players' careers and and as Mark was saying, like especially given Broken Blade's age of eighteen, like I refuse to believe that the guy has you put him in the right environment, give him the right coaching, 
and give him the opportunity and, uh, to get better. And assuming he has the drive, he will get better. And I do think he'll step up to the plate. My only concern with TSM is the Greg Acadian situation, just because I don't think they're the same type of jungler. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, I just think I just, the team is going to have to make a decision either, hey, either the decision's made for them because Greg's wrist issues aren't solvable, at least not for a while. And it's Acadian and they learn how to play with him. But I do, I do worry that Acadian and Greg are not the same type of jungler, and the team is going to wobble between two different styles of play based on which jungler they use, and that that could be their downfall ultimately. I think I, really, go on. Yeah, go on. I was going to say I, I largely agree with everything Raz said, but I just don't think that that gets you to number one versus Team Liquid. Like, how, how can you not think Team Liquid's number one, Raz? Right, like, like I can agree with everything Raz right, said. Right. Be like this is the third best team. How do you get to number one? All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, 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 okay. I, I can, I can see you this guy. I'm, my biggest thing with T, uh, Team Liquid, because you were right. That's why I'm not willing to say in a best of five that Team Liquid. Well, I, in fact, I think in a final setting of a best of five TSM versus Team Liquid, Team Liquid wins, right? I'm not saying that Team Liquid won't take it in that regard. I'm saying that in a regular season, especially spring, when you're bringing on Jensen, Devil Lift, I'm not going to say impact because I think impact, he knows how to play like the, the, the role player. He can do both role player and carry. But I think the current issue is trying to figure out how to play a different style now because beforehand, Poe Belter can like give away, give like give away pressure and try to do as everything to get double lift. Like the goal, the resources. Team Liquid had real focus of playing towards bottom lane. But for Jensen, since coming into North America, the style for Cloud Nine has been funnel gold and wards and pressure into mid lane that will either change for him to now put all or at least uh, put some of that pressure and help double get along and you know fit into the system or they change to him or they try and find a middle ground the problem is if you do middle ground more often than not historically that hurts the team in the regular season you're changing the style for the team in the regular season i think like team liquid at the end of the road will be number one but like in terms of just like in the spring regular season TSM should be number one based off the fact that I thought that they had clear an I clear identity of playing through Bjergsen and Sven. I thought Bjergsen was like the go-to player. I think what Broken Blade and Acadian adds for this team, especially like just those two players, means that hey, Broken Blade, if you saw like what he was picking and playing and uh, what's it called, the regular season of TCL was actually more often team fights and tanks. So that actually doesn't change too much what TSM is asking for. And then if you're saying okay, play carries. Then he has pressure in lane. And like, this is something that honestly, in my opinion, TSM has not actually had for some time. I don't even know if in history, like concert was supposed to bring that, but I just felt like they didn't, they, the confidence as the years went on moved away from Hanser. I, uh, I like that you have somehow figured out a way to both put TSM and Team Liquid as number one. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I figured you've like galaxy brain this into a situation where you get, get to call both of first as well, though. You need all three, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll get first at Worlds. They'll go further at Worlds. Than oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, so let me... I'm curious, Raz and, and Mark and Dash, what you guys think about this. Because my my feeling on TSM is they might do well, but actually I feel like this is the first year in a while that TSM fans should be concerned. Because I feel like every year in the past, TSM has always had a scary roster. Like, they, you go into the year and you're like, Oh shit! Like they brought 
They they didn't even they cast away Doublelift and Biofrost and they brought the best in the West in and like oh wow they've imported Bjergsen and oh wow they've done this like even even when they they that the year where they picked up Doublelift and uh, Yellowstar like yeah the Yellowstar thing didn't work out but people were losing their minds before the start of that I actually don't think you can make the same case this year like I don't think you can look at this roster and be like oh shit they've got like the scariest roster and they are what Mark I I mean. I, I kind of disagree because that feels like a little too focused on only last year's results on like players who I don't think like that team didn't synergize that well. So like Sven to me is still one of the best players in the West. Like even though yeah. Sven didn't get to world last year and like, I thought he looked insane in game. I thought he was nasty. Yeah. Bjergsen, like I thought he was still super good. Like towards the end of the season, he was like one V nine some games. Uh, and so, like, I think it's easy not to be hyped on some of these guys because we're so used to them and they're coming off of a down year. But, like, if you take some of these guys more than one year ago, like, Bjergsen's a god, Sven's a god, Smoothie's the best support in NA, like Raz was saying. I think it is pretty easy to get hyped on them if you don't super tunnel on, like, ooh, that Echo Fox experiment was a turd. You yeah, know, but like, we, you, like, the thing is, it's like, it used to be that you got more hyped for them than most of the other rosters. Like... Like, yes, yeah, Ven is great, but we've got Bang now in the region. I mean, the and times have changed. Like, TL is no longer, like, the fucking fourth-place team. So, like, there are more people competing for that number one spot, I'd say. But Right, but I do I do kind of agree with Travis here. Like, um, while, I do, while I recognize, like, yeah, there's a time and you cannot ignore the many years of success of Ven. Like, we do have to take into account the recency. And the recency does state that, you know, this player, you know, has to be rated slightly lower, right? Like then yeah, his, yeah. his pre-NALCS days. It's and, not 2015 Niels. Right. Sure, yeah. And then when ultimately what you're doing is you're removing Hanser, who by all accounts was top performing top laner in North America domestically for most of his career. Um, and you're and you're replacing him with a question mark. Now, that question mark could surprise and be good. Great. But he is a question mark. And then on the flip side of things, um, you bring in Smoothie, I'll call that an upgrade. And then the jungle situation, in all honesty, like I said, that's my big question mark. That's the thing that I think may even be a downgrade, especially when you compare it to just previous iterations of TSM. When you have names like when Sven came in, yeah. right? He's a bigger name than Akkadian or Grig are when he came into TSM and the expectation around his talent there and the expectation around Mithy when he came in and his talent at that point. I think TSM junglers have usually had higher highs than this roster. Like, Amazing at his best was pretty good on TSM. Sven at his best was pretty good on TSM. Odd one at his best was pretty good on TSM. So I I do think like we haven't seen a true peak out of these junglers that like matches up to TSM's jungler. But that's where I think TSM can really make a statement as an organization this year by being successful with this roster. Because in the past, it has felt like the way that TSM wins is to garner individual talent and regardless of synergies regardless of you know right. you know whether or not they're the team might only be performing to 80 percent of their potential but by virtue of the players being that good they're still going to win a championship this is the first time i feel like the team's going to have to play 100 percent you know well uh, as a as a unit to actually win a championship i mean it was definitely something i've talked about in the past where like i feel like bjergsen when he came to the scene was just so much better than everyone. Like he had one peer basically in high and that was it. And right. like maybe Zhao Wei Zhao for that one split plate. But like for two years, it didn't really feel like Bjergsen had a peer. And like to your point, you know, even if 
the synergy between TSM members wasn't the best. They just had the best players. And right. I think, you know, it's definitely more competitive now, so I understand it's okay, not so, as hype, but... Well, I, I, we've been talking about TSM for like half an hour, so I feel like we should start to move on. But, um, uh, so Raz, your final assessment is TSM gets number one in uh, spring split, but then loses uh, that number one position in the playoffs to Team Liquid. Yes, and I will say that I agree with all your points, especially dashes of this team needs to be like more synergized, work as a team to get things done. I think my last point is the fact that adding Zix, Smoothie should be able to accomplish that. That's just my point. We'll see if that works out now in that fashion. It's all hypotheticals, but I think TSM as a team should get stronger. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Sweet. See Have you a good one, man. Uh, Thanks yeah, for coming. Good to talk to you. See ya. Mark, before you leave, uh, oh. if you want to meet yourself, I have my, my big content announcement. I'll do it right now. Um, I don't think I care. You're in the content. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, okay, I do care. A, Tra- little, a little bit. Travis, I care. Okay. So, uh, this Sunday, I wish I had a trailer, but quite frankly, we are rushing to get this thing done. But I am super happy to announce, I'm super happy to announce that this Sunday will be the f- the first ever annual Gafford Esports Awards uh, airing live on this channel. We're currently targeting... I thought they were called the Gaffies. Well, so that's what I was going to say, is that much like the Academy Awards and the Oscars, you know, they're called the Gafford Esports Awards officially, but colloquially people call them the Gaffies. As you know, you know, many people call them that. Uh, it'll be this Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, the Sunday before the start of LCS. We're giving out a variety of awards. There will be special appearances uh, by guests. Uh, the majority of these appearances will be remotely. Um, a lot of you or some of you may know of the Sushi Dragon, who's an amazing Twitch streamer, uh, and he will be live producing this. We're actually, Brent and I are flying to his place in Northern California to use his studio. Um, it's going to be really incredible. Um, I need to go order my tuxedo uh, after this. Um, but it's we've got, we have actually have multiple commercials that we filmed for this thing. Uh, I've reached out to all the different teams and not all of them are doing it, but several of them are sending me commercials as well that they are making special for this. Uh, we are hoping to have a live music performance by an artist that I, I can't uh, repeat yet. It is not KDA or Glitch Mob, uh, but they're still it's a very dead. talented artist. What? Nothing. It's it's TJ Brown. Um, and <laughs> No, it's Zed, I thought. It's not Zed. Uh, it's this Sunday... Um, it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be super scuffed. Uh, please do not get your expectations up at the production quality, but I think it's going to be really enjoyable. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of you tune in. I'll, I'll try to get some more teases out, but some of the commercials we've already filmed are really fucking stupid. Um, and I hope all of you guys really enjoy it. I gotta be honest. That was the best pitch point you've made this whole time. Like you said all this stuff and saying it's really fucking stupid is what's going to make me want. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. I'm in now. Uh, one of the... I, I will tease you guys with one of the awards uh, and the nominees. One of the awards uh, is Shocks of the Year. Um, and unfortunately, I'm sorry, Dash, but you did not you did not get nominated. Um, we've got uh, Candice from LPL, Jisun from LCK, uh, Laura from EU, Avali from NA, 
and Shocks from uh, Europe, and they're all nominated for Shocks of the Year. Can you explain why James didn't make the cut? At least, like, tell him, like, was was this like a technicality he Look, didn't qualify for? Was I mean, like a, a lot of people award? thought Leo should have uh, won an award a long time before he did. Sometimes the Academy, um, or in this case. Travis Gafford, they just shun people, you know, specific, I don't know. You're openly admitting to just snubbing James for no reason. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, there's, I mean, I, I, it's, it's maybe there's fan voted. We don't really know what goes into this, you know, like who, who actually votes on the, the Oscars. We don't know. It's just a, an amorphous blob of people. Um, and those people, uh, unfortunately did not dominate, uh, dash, but, um, uh, you guys should all tune in because it's going to be really incredible. We're, Mar- uh, Broden and I are putting in a ton of work uh, to make this work. Sushi Dragon is doing it as well. Um, I, the the big theme of the night will be green screen, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope you guys tune in. I'm really I'm so excited for it. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next caller. James, if you want to leave, yeah, I, can say, I, just, I real I remembered I have a, a thing. Yeah, it's a I'm sorry that you were not nominated for Shocks of the Year. I appreciate that you find it such an honorable award that is so significant to you that you would not be nominated. I mean, host of the EU LCS, yeah. <laughs> host of the NALCS. No, yeah, I am excited to tune in. This means I get to sit on my couch at home and relax. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. I'm really excited. Uh, okay. We have a lot of stupid surprises. Okay, you want to go grab the next caller? All right. Uh, let's see how many of these I can get through. Come on, subs. Here we go. Uh, XX Acra, Dragonair. Okay. Uh, a Bag of Ducks, Johnny Bravo 2192, Aron, Tubs, Tubs, Voyu 1, Fixion, Flame and Sheep, Man Chocolate, Siege Heat, Rico Suave 86193 for 13 months. Holy moly. Uh, Mathic. A linoleum Bonaparte for five months, St. Tom for 10, Jubes for six, uh, Smallung three, Frigio five, Skifryan, Skifryan, Twitch Prime, Jay Garrett gifted to Razzleplasm and Nightbot. I don't know what Nightbot's going to do with it. Uh, Sabin and C1 and Jaffe 58. We'll get to more later. But next up, we got Sharpie on the show. Sharpie, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Rochester, Minnesota. Rochester, Minnesota. There's a, also Rochester, New York, right? Yes, there is. But and I'm also one in one. Michigan? I'm not sure. I don't think so. There's one in Massachusetts. I went to school in the one in New York. Okay. There's a lot of these. Okay, whatever. Uh, well, how's Minnesota? Cold. If you told me That's you were a first Minnesota caller, I would believe you. I feel like we haven't had too many people from there. No, there's not too many. Uh, we, 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 our fingers are too cold to play league up here. Okay. So I just play face roll champions. That's how I play league. Nice. What okay. temperature is it right now, Sharpie? Uh, right now, I believe it is negative six Fahrenheit. Jesus Christ! Oh okay. my God! Yeah, we're like we're like negative six from like seventy. I think. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fifty-four it's degrees here right now, today. and we're all talking about. Uh, it's, it snowed. I think it's it snowed uh, today. Yeah, I don't know how much though. It I'm surprised the internet connection hasn't frozen over. No, we just got a fiber optic a couple of weeks ago. So oh, good. Uh, a couple months ago. So it's pretty solid. Nice. Uh, but, what yeah. do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but oh, that's uh, my favorite I topic. Think, I think it is possible that if all things go well, that Optic could reach top four. Okay, and I can defend that. So I realize it's really cold there, and it might yes. be affecting 
um, your thought processes. Uh, so <laughs> you might want to. I, I hear like when you freeze to death, you kind of hallucinate the last <laughs> couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there. Okay. I've uh, had frostbite a couple times. I know how it is. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's just, yeah, go ahead and let's talk about this. Why, why are they going to well, get top so four? Why do you think that they'll finish top four? Yeah. Uh, let's let's take a look at the evolution of Optic. They basically came from Phoenix One. Like, the team kind of moved from Phoenix One. And Phoenix One, their best year was spring of 2017, where they reached third place, where they had Zig. For most of the season, they had Medios because Inori was out. They had um, Ryu, Arrow, and a, a slew of supports. And they hit third place. Now, granted, they didn't have very good competition that they were playing against. But in that season, Arrow hit MVP. And Arrow was playing with Medios and a Korean mid laner. Now, I think that if, he, if we get Medios back with Arrow, with a Korean mid laner, Crown, who I believe is an upgrade over Ryu, you have Big, who uh, he's, he's an all right support. And I, I, for sure, I believe Dokla is an improvement over, over Zig. I feel like if, if the five of these can meld together well, and I've heard from, from Zabatine that Crown is very motivated to play and he's leaving a lot of those issues behind him. That I feel like if they can really gel together, they, they could flop completely, and I could I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But I also feel like it is possible that they they really melt together and have a, a very surprising season, yeah. and they finish the season fifth or sixth and shock a team and knock them out of playoffs and make it to the top four. He's uh, so motivated to play that he hasn't scrimmed yet with the team. Yeah, I don't know about that. I haven't been watching any of the scrims, so I don't know. But exactly All right, that so he's motivated. So to be fair to Sharpie. I have mm -hmm. heard, I believe, rumors that there are some issues with uh, Optics roster getting together. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard, I've heard some grumblings behind the scenes. Yeah, so, I mean, the rumor is that there's a visa issue holding him back from getting. Okay, him. right, and I've, I've heard it's tied to government shutdown that is going to happen. That was uh, just threw out to me at a party. I don't know how accurate that is. I wouldn't be surprised. But for Sharpie's sake, let's assume that's not a problem. Right, just to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think the problem for me when you compare them to Phoenix One was 2016 was a really weird split where like a number of teams that should have been good because if I remember correctly that was 2016 spring right? Oh, 2017 spring. 2017 spring? Yeah, they beat FlyQuest yeah, uh, in the quarter semifinals for third place. It was 2017. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, because I was about to say go on some thing about how 2016 spring didn't have. As yeah, 2016 great was weird. Yeah, 2016 spring was really weird. Sorry, I'm actually pulling. Yeah, up just make sure I'm not crazy. Make sure. Yeah, almost third. Uh, 2017 spring. Okay, That's correct. Yeah, so Sharpie's on it. Sharpie's got it correct. Um, but I'm actually well. You make your point then around that. Sure. I have a different. So on that on that topic, like I think, you know, Phoenix One probably overperformed all things considered because that was also the one where FlyQuest randomly beat someone good yeah because uh, they they beat FlyQuest in the third fourth place right. match mm -hmm. I mean, this was also with immortal like uh, yeah it, well that was when immortals was bad was they, terrible. Just, they just traded dardock for for a smithy mm -hmm. or that trade hadn't happened yet um but but regardless it was a really weird playoffs where like cl uh yeah FlyQuest. i called them i forget what i called them Whatever. It was a really weird off or playoffs. Let's go with that. I don't have a problem with like the the direct comparison, but I think 
Arrow has trended downwards for the most part, split after split after split. Mm-hmm. He seems like someone who enjoys NA's lifestyle a little bit too much. Um, okay. I agree Crown is probably better than Ryu, but he's also, I, I think Ryu adapted better than most uh, Korean mid laners to Western lifestyle. And I think Crown, along with maybe Piglet, might be two of the worst culture fits for North America ever. Mm. Just like Crown is known as the grind lord. Like no one grinds harder than him. And I think North America in terms of like the major regions might be like the furthest that you can you because we're all about like healthy lifestyle right. and going yeah. to the gym and like being more than just game. Your direct comparison in NA would probably be Bjergsen for some another person who grind like just in terms of number of hours invested into a game play. Maybe but, like twenty 16 summer beer but not beer right. like crown is literally like thousands of games year after year right i think it was it was either last year or the year before in in korea only faker had played more games or something than crown and solo queue and it was it was like it was, it was yeah it was actually a few years ago was the year that crown won uh the world championship now um here's my thing uh with optic um didn't he? <laughs> I, I started talking and then Mark just muted <laughs> used the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> My bad. Um, I I really worry about the top lane. Yeah, mm. um, I worry about the top lane quite a bit. Um, I j- just because I think there are enough other talented individual top laners in the in North America and Dokla, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. They did Yorick, maybe. Yeah, they won a few games through him in the split, either Fiora or Yorick last year. I mm-hmm. don't think he's a reliable enough carry. And as we talked about earlier in the show, NA as a whole struggles to play around top lane. Who knows? Definitely. Maybe having Crown, Arrow, and Zabu team, they can find a way to be the first team that really effectively plays around top. But I don't think Dokla at the end of the day is your saving grace. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, to Mark's, what Mark said earlier, Arrow has. Can, like almost consistently trended downward from his MVP split in yeah. the North American LCS. And I I don't know what it's going to take for him to turn it around. He's playing with the same exact support. Is a change in the mid lane enough to to give him the agency to perform in his lane? No, he's not that kind of player. No, that's what's weird is like Arrow's not a lane dominant player. Not at all. Brown is not a lane dominant player. And so like you're going to play through top lane only and he's amongst your weakest links because i would say i would put meteos or dardock which everyone's playing more valuable or like more talented than him right Crown more talented arrow is probably still more talented than him and then you know big is, is pretty good and seems like a big leader on, uh, i yeah, think your is. hope sorry i just want to throw one more thing and then you can respond yeah. i think your hope with this team is that meteos and crown develop some kind of synergy and crown goes to uh reverts two to three years to the point where he was like Victor, one, you know, one yeah, like five games, God, yeah, like that point in his career when he was one v fiving as a Victor main and things like that, not the Malzahar that beat Faker at Worlds, because yeah. that's that's as Mark was saying. That was a guy who he played it. He played his role. He knew he had to lose gracefully to Faker, mm-hmm. but you don't. This team needs a mid laner who can do more than that. Right. Like POE was also not super lane dominant, but he was like the greediest motherfucker of all time where he's like kleptomancy, Victor, or like, yeah. like he was doing crazy stuff to give himself a bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But um, 
I, I still do think like because I was I was talking with with Zab on Twitter and he was telling me that uh, they're 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 looking at the at the very get goes that they're looking to see if they could get that that Medios Crown synergy because he felt like they would synergize really well together. And, and on top of that, Crown had has experience playing with in Brazil, right? So he does have international experience. So I feel like his transition uh, to, back into NA away from Korea won't be nearly as bad as a lot of people think it will be. I think he'll be able to adapt to it a lot better and easier than most. And having Arrow there, who is, as we all know, very well adapted to the American lifestyle, will help him out with that a lot as well. So I, I do feel like um, they could they could honestly take off pretty well. I do actually agree with that point, though. I think ha having Arrow on the team will help to some degree with the transition. We can argue yeah. whether or not Arrow's going mean, to be the best influence in the world, but having yeah. another I think two, Korean... two Koreans is almost like a necessity. A single Korean player, you know, especially if they haven't traveled before. Yes, Crown has been to Brazil. I would hesitate to directly compare America to Brazil. Yeah, of uh, course. Right, you know, so like, but, but on that front, like, you know, at least ha he has a support system there. I think that's better than nothing. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I hesitate to see who is carrying this team. You know, we we're talking about TSM before. It's like, well, they still have Bjergsen and Sven, who are all like super capable early and late game carries, and maybe Broken Blade fills in. Golden Guardians has Froggen, and like, I just don't see who steps up in the early game to like lead this team. Yeah, I feel like it really does have to be Crown. But I want I want to say this though. Uh, last split, uh, Optic was a game a win away from knocking TSM out of playoffs, and they were a team last split that was relegated to a a tenth place meme. and they came out of nowhere and nearly made playoffs, and they even up the record. They won like like six out of seven in a row at the end of the split and surprised everybody. And I feel like that trend because we saw we saw Arrow and Big starting to do a little bit better. And as, we, as we've seen in the past few years, even though Arrow is not super lane dominant, he is extremely efficient with what little gold he gets. So I, I do feel like they could, they, they, could do, they could surprise a lot of people. So I, I, I definitely, if, if, if Arrow goes, if Arrow finds his way back, team fighting. If Jin, Ash, and Varus are meta, meta again. Well, and he was just, the season in which he got MVP, the one thing I remember us repeating to each other in, in the analyst desk, like while watching the games in that space, was to, was looking at his positioning. Yeah. The dude was never out of position. Not once mm -hmm. was he the one who got caught to lose them the game or the fight or the objective. He was always so perfectly positioned. Yeah. If if him and Big this year develop again, improve as a duo, get to that again, that point where they kind of go even. If Crown, I think, can make his way back towards lane dominance, right? Building leads, but on team fighters, because he did it with things like the Victors, the Ori, so that he would still be the team fight carry with an even to CS lead through the mid game. Then I do see potential in this team. Mm -hmm. Um, that's but that's the thing. It's it's asking for a lot of things to go back to you know how they once were. I think yeah, that's what I was say is like uh, I think Crown is a beast at team fighting. I think Arrow's a beast at team fighting, and I think Meteos understands most of the macro and team fighting ob objectives of of the jungle position. And I think big at macros is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Problem is, as far as we can tell, we're still kind of in the world's meta. From what I've seen, it's mostly Lissandra and Akali and. Uh, stuff like that that are super prominent in, in the meta uh, as I attempt to fix my webcam. 
Dude, I can't, like this is fucking bananas to me that my webcam does not turn on or off when I click this button that says turn on or off webcam. And it was doing that before, and that's why I had to rejoin the call. Anyways, oh, okay. what I was going to say was just that we're not in a team fight meta. We weren't mm-hmm. at Worlds. We we're in a very fast-paced meta. If the meta slows down, I can see a world where that is a... Like, if the meta slows down, that would be the best thing for Optic, I think. Because a lot of their players excel in more controlled environments than the craziness that was the end of Season 8. Mm-hmm. And I, I did see that in the upcoming patches, I know that tank junglers and stuff like that are, are looking like they're going, they're being buffed a lot, and the high damage assassin meta is slowly shifting away, kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing, so that probably could play in pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, Travis, we're going to have to recall you to get, fix our webcam. Because Skype is a beautiful program. I love Skype. It happens. I'm nervous about unmuting because apparently when I was, your clicking was making really weird noises. I, I It's weird that I don't hear these things, but the Twitch chat is hearing a bunch of stuff. I think, uh, you hear that? Oh. Yeah, Travis hasn't muted Skype mic yet. Oh, okay. Oh, We're sorry. Um, Sorry, Sharpie, that we just randomly disinfected. There's only left audio going happens. on? Uh, but this is all, like, I, I, I am curious about Optic. Uh, the other thing, again, the one thing we haven't talked about here is the, the unknown of the whole Dardock Meteos jungle mm-hmm. situation. I, I would have more confidence. I, I love Meteos. I think he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick a number of times where, like, he's clearly been a super important player in teams getting third, fourth, first second and then he constantly ends up on the bench uh that said i think because this team doesn't have someone that i'm confident in carrying her i think medios does does his best work when he's like setting somebody up or something like that and i don't see who that is on this team unless it's okla that said i think dardock is a better primary like i will get myself fed kind of jungler and maybe that's what this team needs in the early game so maybe dardock is the x factor they swap to but i i like medios more in a in most teams, but in this one, maybe Dardock's better. I, I do think that the the vibe they're going for here is a is, is a vibe that, that uh, Cloud Nine had earlier, where they they rotate, the, they swap the junglers in and out based on based on the matchups. Because in some teams, it would be better to have a, that controlled media style. Whereas against other teams, I do feel like Dardock's aggression is going to really uh, catch other teams that that don't know how to play against that uh, by surprise, and they'll f- trip over themselves and, and lose. So I, I do think that. Um, that might be what uh, Zabatin was going for by drafting or by uh, drafting uh, a very aggressive support and a very controlled support. I see some chat talking about Crown, so I just want to chime in really quick. I think Crown is like a more than competent Korean player. I think you can easily win with him, but I think he's at his best in a more supportive role. And I'm not saying he has to play fucking Malzahar every game, but like he's not going to be in a Korean team full of other carries, he's going to be asked to carry every single game. And we've seen at Worlds this last year that, like, Korean mid laners aren't inherently, like, super, super ultra gods here with, like, Kuro getting bought. Right. You know, like, I mean, and Crown getting bought. Crown and Kuro both got destroyed at Worlds this year, and those are known as the guys who are, like, we're the supportive team playing mid laner right. for the most part. Crown, Crown in his dominant state was playing mid-game control mages and team fighters. He's yeah. playing Ariana. Victor, like when you would have called him the like the pre- preeminent 
mid when, mid laner. When they or, 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 yeah, exactly. Facing off against Faker. Yes, he has also had success playing things like Malzahar and just taking it in lane for 20 minutes while the rest of his team builds advantages. But in order to do that, you had to have winning side lanes. And I don't think he has that on optics. So he has to go back yeah. to his original. Jokla is not QV and Arrow is not ruler. Definitely like, not. That's when they were the best. Right. Was when it was like <laughs> it was about ruler and QV. It was not about time when they were at I the am best. Testing like, my audio again. Yo, we got you. Okay. Yes, like, I, I think Crown is good, but I don't think he is, like, shit on NA good. And I think he needs to be shit on NA good teams as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that, we'll was, that was more to chat than you, yeah. That was more than you, yeah. Okay, um, I am back with my audio, which means I can say that we've gone on too long with this topic, unfortunately, and yeah. we're, we're starting to go over time. I want to be sensitive to Dash's time, and we've got two more callers. Uh, Sharpie, uh, any final thoughts here? Um, first of all, I want to say, uh, Mark, I like your shirt, a sweater. I'm wearing the exact same one right now. It looks great. Where's and, it from? Where'd you get it? Uh, I, I got it from, uh, riotgames.com slash merch, I believe it's called. Or Riot Games store, whatever it's, merch.riotgames, whatever, whatever it is. I forget Wait, what it is. Do you mean dashes? Sorry, sorry dashes. Yeah. The, oh, I saw yeah. March oh, this one. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, mine's from LLB. Mark, so yeah. sorry. <laughs> so I was like... They're now just selling basics. Um, yeah, I'm wearing the uh, the world's law or the MSI one. World's MSI. The, the world's twenty twenty seventeen long sleeve. Long sleeve, yeah. Yeah, right. the China China long sleeve. That's yes, China sleeve. So yeah, uh, just keep it up, guys. Thanks so much for everybody, uh, Travis. Much love to you for supporting esports, all you've done through. And I, I love your content. So just thanks for having me on the show. And I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. <laughs> How are you doing? What are we Thank you very much, dude. Oh, he's, he's gone already. Yeah. What happened? Right, the next guy. What, what did I miss? Hello? They were laughing about something. But then he just leaves the channel. I never... I, why did they burst into laughter? I don't know. Oh, boy. It's a tough Hello. one tonight. Um, oh. Hello. Okay. Hel one sec, one second. Mark, why were you guys laughing? We were laughing at all the LL Bean poggers and like LL Bean oh. comments in the in the chat because that's where Mark's sweater is from. Since I was laughing more at Raz's, I thought Raz. Oh, I missed his. Yeah, it's probably not. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. One sock. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the the show? Oh, first off, where are you calling from? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. Okay, and where? What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Okay, I have I had a topic, but now I have to ask you one thing important: Are the Gaffey Awards? catered by mcdonald's and wendy's no they're not we actually don't have officially i'm going to include alienware branding in it but we don't actually have officially a sponsor for it so i'm just doing it for fun out okay of pocket because that's not very presidential of you yeah i All get right. i get the the, the reference right. but i feel like a lot of people won't since it's a more recent one gotcha okay so all right so my topic in short is basically tl is not any better from last year Okay. Interesting. Okay, explain while I go open the door because Kobe turned the heater on full blast on dying. That bastard. All right. Anyway. Okay. So in short, here's my kind of two part logic here. Um, so I think so. Let me, okay. Let me set up my background for a second here. TSM fan here. We got blown out, and I think also are Mark and are you still in the channel? or Am I just talking? Okay. I think you're, you're, you're good. We can still hear you. <laughs> 
I was like, I was We're like, here. Don't, oh, don't worry. You got, you got 2,000 viewers ish, 1,500 viewers. Okay, good. I don't need that more support. Okay. Anyway, so basically, like, I kind of learned last year the hard reality that winning an A is literally basically just whoever can win lane can win game. And so I think TL will probably still smash an A because they probably have like the five best laners, probably. Um, but I think that they're still going to basically go to international groups, international stages and get smashed. Um, that's basically sort of the short story. I think the only thing that lets TL go further in international events is the fact that the Flash Wolves got disbanded and no one's talking about that. Um, but other than that, they're going to be at the exact same level. And would you like me to go into further detail about why they'll be uh, at the just exact get, same level? If, I mean, if, if you can quickly go into to detail, that'd be good. We actually were running a little bit on uh, short okay. time, so just go um, for it really quick. Quick on the detail. Um, at Worlds, TL, uh, in five out of their six games, they ganked bot pre-10 minutes. Everybody tells me that that's just a narrative, but I do not think that that is change. Like Smithy is literally double lifts like Ward, and the only game in which they did not gank bot pre-10, they used the Nocturne ult to gank top at about 750, and they didn't have an ult, so they couldn't really go bot. I think that TL is basically just going to play till bot lane. The moment double lift and core JJ mean equal laner, it's going to throw everything off. And then I think Jensen, you're like, yes, he's much better than Pole Belter. Nobody disagrees. Um, but I think that if your jungle is going to be playing one style, just diving bot, diving bot, diving bot, he's going to have to get used to post 20 minutes having no resources. And so I think that's the narrative. We've been talking about that for a while. But I think that the honest truth is, as much as we think about it, winning North America, all it comes down to is having better mechanical players. So they will do that, but they will go to international tournaments. And since Flash Wolves aren't there, they'll get fourth and get smashed by China and Korea. Blech. Uh, so I kind of take issue with the idea that like TL was just a lane dominant team. I think the, and besides what, impact and besides impact and smashing bot lane with double lift, that's basically all they did. Well, I don't think Poe Belter was lane dominant in North America. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but double lift smashed so hard. It didn't matter. Right. But like the reason that's a problem at international play is because when double lift isn't smashing lane bottom, now your top and mid are getting exploited. And like the, so, so there's two, there's two possibilities. Like there's, there's three. One, okay. TL doesn't work at all. The new additions don't synergize and everything falls apart. Second possibility, they still are playing towards bot lane, but now Jensen isn't down 40, 30 CS at 10 minutes to another international mid laner because he actually stacks up versus international competition. So even if okay. you're still playing bot lane centric, your mid laner is not getting kind of destroyed. Cool. Cool, and the point. third reality is you actually develop a new play style where you don't have to die for double up. Okay. You can go mid and you can play more aggressive around mid lane and international top. Four, fourth reality, they're the exact same team. That like it doesn't change. Like again, like it literally no, does that's, not that's, change. That's, like there's what I'm no saying. way Jensen and Poe Belter are the same player on the international stage. That okay. is literally crazy to say that they're the same play. After years of experience on both of them on international stage, to compare those two is crazy. Okay, but time out. Does okay, it, hang on. Let, let, let Mark finish because uh, if you guys Sorry, go back and forth, we're going to run out of time. No, I, I mean, that, that was basically my point. It was like, I can see a world where TL is not better, but like, it's not because like, 
they're okay. super lane dominant because I don't even agree with the premise that they were super lane dominant in NA. It was more like their non lane dominant players couldn't get exploited. Right. I like, get that. That's fair. That's fair. I agree. With yeah. That. But here's my I don't think point. Jensen gets exploited the way Pobelter does on international stage. All right. So here's the short. I mean, because I'm because you know, Travis makes me feel like I'm super hurt. I'm sorry, Travis. He did. Um, here's the short version. Can they honestly, and this is really unfair, can they beat China or Korea? And honestly, on top of that, can they beat EU? Right. Did you have asked that question about C9 last year? No, but I don't think TL is going to do it. I don't think the additions they made give them that jump. They're going to smash an A. I'm giving you that. But they're not making that jump. So let's, so let's, let's get into yeah. So let's get into the contentious point of view. I think because we I think we all do agree. Like TL probably number one. Yeah, regardless of how we get there, I think we all agree TL right now on is the number one team in North America. Yeah, Which on paper, on they paper, aren't there they yet. Win. By the end of spring or even by the end of summer, they'll be there again. It's it's I think it's two straight upgrades roster wise. Okay. Where I, I'm actually going to jump on to what is your name again? One one sock. One sock. Yeah, one sock. I'm going to jump on one sock side here because there is there's one element to this that I actually do I do agree with, which is that NA as a whole, or or rather, my biggest fear with Team Liquid and with winning teams in North America has always been that they they have some amount of complacency. In how they won NA. Yeah. Which cannot translate internationally. Now, we can debate as a separate topic what it takes to win NA. And that's where we get into the whole, does it just take lane dominance or does it take some amount of cohesion and team effort to get there? Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But irrespective of that, when I just look at that transition to international, I do agree that there is some concern around the fact that they're going to come right into NA. They're going to hard smash maybe even more than they did last year, and make little to no substantial organizational changes, structural changes to how they approach international competition next year and say, hey, well, since our players got better, we just have to take another go at it. And then they end up getting smacked down again, whereas Cloud9, right, who we can debate whether or not Niski is better than, than Jensen, they're going to, you know, they're going to start the season from a growth oriented mindset and say that no matter how we finish this season domestically, we're still going to have to make efforts and make changes going into international competition. And that's why I look at Cloud9 typically as an organization that I put more faith in internationally than others. One thing I'll put in one sock's favor that, yeah, I just kind of hang on here. Like, I can see a world where like one sock's outcome is 100% what happened. I can, I can see TL getting to international competition and laying a turd yes. or getting out of groups and then getting smashed in quarters. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. I just think mm-hmm. some of the reasoning behind it, I disagree. Well, hey, hey can, I, can I just, here's, I'm going to try to be quick again. You know, here's just my thing with um, sort of to, you know, Dash's point. Um, it's a very kind of side topic to figure out why C9 is actually the best international team for North America. That's a whole other discussion about figuring out why that's the case. But, like, I just think that TL, I think the play style is set where it's dive bought. And out of eight years of double lift, as he has been either the best or second best NA player of all time, he has not changed. He's just gotten better at the things that he does. So I don't see that changing. And I also don't see 
NA has not developed the ability to win outside of win lane win game. All the double lift teams, all the TSM teams, they've been the same format. They Was just that the Cloud Nine format? Well, that's you mean the format that won Worlds this year, where the best laning team won Worlds? This is well, one of the things that I, I disagree with people on the point of is like win lane win game is like almost tantamount to to actually win lane win game. The reason that they can't win in other ways is because win lane win game is one of the most effective ways to win the game. Right, but was not Ning also one of the best junglers? But let me ask you this. Lane. And all Let's fans. just put it this oh, way. Yeah, I'm gonna give you guys I'm gonna give you guys two more minutes before we move on. Okay. okay. What if what if with this new roster, Team Liquid decides to start playing more the way RNG plays? That I've bought every play? Well, it, like so okay, so well because because you're making the case that the only way Team Liquid wins or the way that they have in the past is to play through bot lane, right? Is right. To, yeah, so that's the general double statement. Lane. Yeah. Yeah, it's double. So yeah. what if what if they they like let's say they do go that direction. I personally have faith in players like Impact and Jensen to be able to give in the way that Jensen played Zillion, right? If you look at the way Cloud9 actually played, Jensen has a lot of experience historically playing a style that would set Uzi up for success. And if we're gonna call double lift the NA Uzi our best shot at having a bot lane carry. Then maybe this version of Team Liquid, where Impact, best one of the best tank team fighters in all of North America. When that guy's playing Maokai, that's when I'm most scared. Not mm-hmm. when he's playing a carry. So let's okay. put him on a Maokai. Let's put him on tanks. Tanks are coming back, it sounds like, at least at the outset of the season. Um, and then you have Jensen on more supportive or team fight. Oriana is one of his best champions historically. Zillion, who's still good. You know, those kinds of things. And then double it on a hard carry with a world champion in Core JJ. And that's the last person we've, we've talked about Core JJ coming in, but we haven't talked about what Core JJ's experience is going to do. You have a guy who's very recently won a world championship supporting Double Lift, the, the least accoladed person internationally on Team Liquid, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Can barely speak the language. And I think that, I do think that if you look at successful teams historically that played through bot laners, this new Team Liquid roster could achieve that they could they have to make that choice and that's where i that's my concern around team liquid is will team liquid by picking up jensen almost over diversify or will they or will they again i don't think they're gonna over diversify but yeah okay final final thoughts one sec here at the end get me out of here travis okay sorry um real quick um basically i don't think that impact changes anything because he can only play tanks and basically, I still just am not really convinced that we are any better. Because once Double F gets matched in lane, the team's going to lose. That's pretty much it. One sec. Thank you for the call. Uh, thank you, good luck. Merry Christmas. All that good stuff. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Merry Christmas. 20 days later. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are now, I can officially say it feels like Reggie's just trolling us because he waited until the call was going to be winding down. I mean, he did. Yeah, I think Reggie's favorite thing to do is join when, like, at random points, and then like leave. And yeah, just he's like, "Oh, guys, here. guys, I'm ready, I'm ready." And then he it gets all the chat wild up. Like, he probably doesn't even have a headset plugged in. He's he's just doing this to fuck with us. He's um, probably in a lead game and just like between like deaths typing in chat. Yeah, uh, he wanted to join a call. Well, he can join a call, guys. Like, the fact of the matter is. 
you don't you don't get to like show up and be like I've got three minutes get me on the show or I'm out. I mean, next time Reggie joins joins the Discord, we will instantly pull him into the room. No more waiting. Yeah. Um. Okay. S- Swaggy Boog uh, is our okay. last caller. If you want to go grab him. Um. Let's see. Where are we? Uh. Why does it reload every single time? Okay. Uh. Jay Garrick. Uh. Oh. Seven C Chaffee fifty eight. Only one Monsalicious for seven months. Macamillion. Uh, the Pack sixty nine. X Cosmos. Uh, Quiet Pirate, Big White Goon, uh, Platt, uh, uh, Kermit Sudoku, uh, Siege Heat, Snipey Monty, Vi- Monty Viper, X Galleon, X- Vahilios. X- you know Sean, Swaggy's in here, right? Ventus Official, Sir Redbeard, and Pilgrim Panda, and I'll get the rest at the end of the show. Swaggy Boog, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's very cute. I've been there actually, uh, cross country nationals. Really? That's such a like. I feel like that's the type of thing that would happen in Oshkosh. Oshkosh that's super Wisconsin. random. Oshkosh is kind of out in the middle of nowhere, in a sense, uh, <laughs> north north of, of Madison. But yeah, I've been out there for nationals. Anyway, sorry. Swaggy Boog, did you go see Dash compete at nationals? Oh yeah, he killed it. That's awesome. Congrats, congrats, Dash. You did celebrating. Dash. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for having my back. Okay, final. Yeah, what's your final? Make it a good one. Your it's your night. Your your moment. What do you got? Right, for sounds us? good. So I don't know if this is because of uh, first season of franchising in NA last year, but coming into the first year franchising for the LEC, I mean they've been killing it with their um, like advertising with their sponsors and teams. I mean, I don't know how many videos they've put out with G two, um, like Fnatic misfits and then they had that sick kia commercial i just think that na needs to step up in that regards they don't have any like preseason hype or anything with their sponsors <laughs> or teams swaggy boob maybe you missed it but i've been doing interviews uh with yeah the i know Travis, been releasing but, those yeah but what do you call this show dude what the hell yeah. Yo, get hype. it's yeah it's you're different than from the whole LCS as a whole, you're like a third party thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're kidding. Uh, we understand. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, they're starting a week ahead of us, and so uh, there's a good chance that, like, in a, in a week, Riot will have released stuff, and if not, then you know I'll flame them. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I hopefully you know they they've got a week ahead of us, but continue to go. Wait, does, does real quick does does LEC actually start this weekend? Yeah, yeah, they're a whole week ahead of us. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, okay. it's kind of kind of random, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a whole week ahead of us. Um, I mean, Spike Boom, did you have final other because... thoughts, or was that? Oh no, I I mean, I have more. Can uh, go in with like um, the content still is lackluster within the the teams and like the LCS. I mean, like if you watch the LCK. Like in between games and pre-show, they have interviews with players. Um, like they play games and stuff. They have like trash talk videos. And then like last night before the LPL started, they had a video or they had like a thing starting. They brought one person from every team out. Um, they had the trophy for the MVP of last year. And then they did a video with one player from every team. It was like some sort of like video game type thing. It was pretty pretty funny. Have you, have you seen uh, Scion Speedway? <laughs> Come on, bro. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. And then, like, they have, like, they're, like, uh, they have this, like, 
I don't know exactly what it was, but like in game, there was like a KFC sponsored thing where the, um, I forget what his name, like the general, the KFC guy the came on. The colonel, the colonel, the colonel showed up on screen during game and they had like a player, like, oh, he was like killing it this game. I don't, there's not, there's nothing like that in NA. It's kind of disappointing. Scion Speedway. <laughs> That's a good uh, one. Though. Yeah, I mean, to that, uh, I guess I would say, I mean, this is a, it's a tough one to answer. Um, just given that, obviously, there's always work being done behind the scenes when it comes to like business development and sponsorships and and whatnot, and every league is their own. And I, I think that that's maybe maybe where I'll, I'll I'll tackle this is like I think something to be understood is that as e esports and league esports specifically evolves, like there will become more definitive lines between the region. Yeah, like in that in that every region is going to take their own local approach to how they should run the league and, and who their sponsors and partnerships should be with on that local level. Um, but that there will also be a global plan for Riot. And we're just finally in an era where before, when you had the EU LCS and the NALCS, a lot of things were done in tandem. If it was done in NA, there was a like production in EU, even if it was a reskin or a different name, or vice versa. EU would do something, and then NA would pick it up. And I just think for you know for the first time, we're moving into an era where every region is going to start to hone in on what resonates with their audience specifically. And to that point, I have to commend Europe for coming out the gate hot. Like I love, I'm with yeah, you. I love I agree. what Europe has done. Yeah, I think uh, for me, from a fan perspective, I would say North America has the least hype of any region so far. Like, you know, maybe we start a week later and, and there's some videos coming out from Riot next week or something. But like right now, Europe has had a ton of content come out. LPL has already started and they, they obviously have a lot of stuff. LCK had that tournament uh, that Griffin smashed. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have some hype already around that and like, North America has been fucking quiet for three months. So I can completely see from a fan perspective where you're like, where is all this stuff that makes me care about the fact that the league's starting back up? Because right now you have literally zero. So like, I definitely get that. But I think, think, yeah, I hope things are coming. Yeah, but and I just think that a lot of it comes down to like right now what we're seeing is is the different leagues trying to create their own individual identity. And at the outset, that's going to cause people to have that kind of feeling of I'm miss you know, I'm missing out when one region releases something and yeah. my region's not releasing something like that, I'm I'm gonna ask those questions and, and they're completely valid questions. Like I'm I don't want to discount the feeling that you're having or anything like that. Um but while Europe finds their voice, I think it's important for now the LCS, not any LCS, to find its voice separate from the LEC. And so Kia is a sponsor of the LEC. They're not a sponsor of the NAS or of the LCS. And so, um, you know, we have to go and, and work with our partners on our own timeline to develop those branding and marketing strategies and figure out, you know, how, how it is they're going to support the LCS. Well, Mark and I will be the first two people to tell you, given we're the countdown guys that like, we want to have, like, we want to have fun. What, yeah. what they're doing, the kind of promos they're doing in Europe, those excite me. 
And I think that's a lot of what the voice that like the countdown wants to capture is kind of the fun and levity around the league, both with just, hey, it's about to start up and let's, we're excited to watch Pro League, but also with our analysis. And, and so hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, you know, hit that bar, match that bar or surpass it, uh, you know, for you here in North America, just like Europe is. But it's yeah, also no, important I mean, to know that they just that. like I, I when all these interviews that I are releasing right now with the players, those were filmed on Thursday and Friday because that was when the players had their asset days. And as part of that, the players were going in and doing interviews with the right features team and all this stuff. So I know that there's content that's being made right now that will probably start to filter out over the next week. And before and I know certain teams that are working on really big projects. I, I don't want to tease any of them because that would be unfair, but. I know at least one of the teams is planning like a really fun hype video for the beginning of the year. So like, I think there's stuff coming. It's just like, you're looking at things a week. We're a week behind EU. And that's, I think part of it. I mean, we're the last major region to start, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, technically. Yes. They I mean, it's the for the last. Korea starts. Yeah. And they're just earlier in the week, but yeah. Oh um, yeah. Twitch rivals tomorrow, boy. We're talking about the LCS, bro. I know. <laughs> uh, it's only just in chat. Swaggy Boog, any final thoughts? Uh, no, that's, that's about it. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for being our last caller. Uh, thank you. All right. Uh, final thing here at the end, guys. Uh, funny story. So th this is great. The NALCS Players Association, they tweeted a two-part tweet, but then they waited 30 minutes between the two tweets. So it's, it's like the new rule provides a... So they... Uh, they tweeted, we're excited to announce a new LCS rule we hope will prevent a repeat of the problematic situation during summer split between where Phoenix, Alltech, and Adrian were released on the eve of rosters being locked without enough time to find a new team. The new rule provides a, and then they spent 30 minutes, I guess, typing up the next tweet, which is really funny. Uh, but they said, roster change deadline safe harbor with a deadline to sign with a new team extended by three days for any players released from a team roster within 40 hours preceding the roster change deadline. Kudos to Darshan for his heavy lifting. So now, if you get dropped uh, right ahead of the deadline, you've got three days to figure it out. So uh, good, good on the players' association, Darshan, for making that happen because it was a pretty fucked up situation before. So happy to hear. Yeah, good on there. Rusty for uh, memeing it up with the Kermit. Right. Yeah, yeah but um, do you? I mean, like, how do you? I, just real candidly, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I I think it's fun. I'm, I'm happy. Like, I think. Uh, what happened with Alltech and Phoenix for me is like on the one hand, as like the business corporate side of me, I'm like, this is the reality of life. Yeah, you're the company. And like if the players don't have protections in place, like you're not obligated to put players ahead of your company, yada, yada, yada. And like on the human side of me, I'm like, yo, that's fucked up. So like I, I like that there is now relegate um Safe harbor regulations in place to make sure that this kind of stuff can't happen so that way teams are forced to be kinder to players. I don't think right. I always feel weird holding businesses that are 100% for profit and competition and should be cutthroat up to like moral standards where, like, if you care about those morals, put regulations on them to make them care. Yeah, I, th I think without a doubt it's a positive change, but I think the more exciting aspect of the whole thing is, is that second part of the tweet which acknowledges the role of the Players Association yeah, they did in, something. in the changing of the rule. And, yeah. and it, while it might be a small thing, and while maybe we can debate, is three days enough? Does it need to be a week? Or does it need to, is it too much? Whatever. I think the important thing is that we're establishing precedent 
for the Players Association actually affecting rulemaking yeah. and guidelines within the league. And ultimately, that's the symbiotic relationship you want to have, you know, franchisee, you know, franchise to players. Uh, really quickly, let me read these names off, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, Sir Redbeard, Pilgrim Panda, Beej, Der uh, Lurtzen, Wakahashi, Squeak the Week, Ship Nate, Prowler Yukon, Darth Zombie, 13, Fenron Jenkins for a year. Uh, Fenron Jenkins gifted a sub to Reginald, and then Lethal Nerve subbed as well. Uh, okay, let's do goodbyes. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us? What's going on? Uh, I got two things. One, Twitch Rivals tomorrow. I'll be on the... Uh official broadcast i guess you'd say because every single streamer competing can stream on their own and they're supposed to stream on their own uh and given that tomorrow is a round of eight and we're i think we're only covering three of the series it means that you know you'll probably be watching your favorite streamers but i'll be on the official broadcast uh with a couple other people i don't want to spoil it so i don't i don't know if it goes through or not but uh yeah check that out tomorrow it starts at 10 a.m uh goes pretty much all day and then the other thing is check out offline tv in two to three weeks Hopefully, if things go well, we'll have some dope-ass new shit. Dash? Uh, uh, LCS starts, too. What the fuck yeah, the LCS thing? starts on the 26th. Don't forget about that. Oh, keep looking at that camera, because the camera's still yeah, on the really, tripod, really, but we're really, actually on this camera, so excuse me while I like debate. fail at the thing that I've done for five years now. Um, uh, yeah, LCS starts on the 26th. Uh, otherwise, just want to thank the two of you and all of the callers uh, for having me on the show, for providing some awesome uh, hot takes and whatnot. Uh, I really am excited for this split because of what I talked about at the beginning of the show. The fact that I don't know who's the top six and who's the bottom four. Um, and overall, I feel like a lot of rosters ultimately upgraded. From here, though, it's just time to buckle down, get ready, and we'll see you guys in a week and a half, two weeks. Thanks, Dash, for doing this last minute. Uh, Mark and I have. Thank you. Been... Sorry for all the issues. No, I it's okay. By not being able to do this. Bad karma, dude. Bad juju. My it's, bad. It's My Mark's bad. fault. Um, uh, thank you, though, for doing this last minute. I really appreciate it because uh, Mark and I have been busy, and we uh, this is just like our fault. We weren't sure if we were going to bring the show back this week or not, but then ultimately just felt like enough time had passed. So uh, anytime. That's yeah. why I live across. Yeah. And then uh and then I uh what do I got? I got the award show coming this Sunday, uh Gaffer Esports Awards, the Gaffies uh, tune into that. We got a ton of work going into it. I've got interviews coming with uh the a bunch of the players. I've already filmed that. I'm interviewing a bunch of the team owners and operators and GMs uh on Wednesday and Friday. That content will be coming out. Uh there's just a whole slew of stuff. Um and by the way, Playmaker season two is in the works for the people that liked Playmakers because uh that's pretty rad. So all that, I'm going to stay around after the stream ends, but these guys are going to leave. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League, episode 60.